Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of Stories from the Crisper Drawer, A Shark in an Orange. Today is going to be a real free-flowing episode. I have no script. I have no talking points. I have nothing to talk about. Um, nothing in news, anyway. I'm not really talking about news today. I, well, there's nothing not really. There is no news. This is a historic episode, as in I am talking about the history of myself. So maybe it'll help explain how I got here and... While I'm doing that, I will just give a small shilling to Dr. Pepper, because that's what I'm drinking. So, I had a thought that most of you who listen to this are probably my friends through various means. Uh, you might know me, me pretty well, you might know me only for the last five or six years. So I thought, eh, let's just do a little rundown of where Jaws came from, and <laughs> why I am the way I am, and the stupidities of shit I've done in the past, and... You know, maybe make do one of these episodes a month, like every month, do a little bit of uh, brief insight into what the hell is the shark doing? <laughs> Why is the shark this way? Why is he this crazy libertarian? Why does he have these stances? Why does he say stupid shit sometimes and stuff like that? And I'm not going to go all the way back. Like, you're not going to hear blah, blah, blah. You're not going to hear like, oh, I was conceived on this date. Like, that's just bullshit. I'm going to... It'll be a cliff notes like of things I remember that's worth talking about. Not not to say that other people who know me better don't have other things to talk about, and if they want to come on this show and talk to them about it, like talk about some of the history me and them have, by all means, it would be really funny. Actually, me in my uh, out of my comfort zone would be pretty funny. I think in the long run. So I don't know how long this episode's gonna go. It's just gonna go until I'm fucking done with it. But yeah, I think maybe once or twice a month I'll do that. Once a month for sure. And if I get m more reason to do it more often, I will consider putting that in. I would say if I was going to do it more than twice a month, it's because I'm doing two episodes a week, which is probably not till next year sort of thing. And having a co-host and having a reason to do that. <laughs> so let's start off with some fun memories I have. Um, you know... Let's just talk about elementary school stuff. So I had various teachers at elementary school. I actually, a few days ago, I went through my mind, um, through my memory, and tried to remember absolutely all of them. And the school I did go to is here in Calgary. Um, it's in the, you know, I grew up in the, uh, what's it called, the community of Bonas, which is actually the community very close by to where I'm living right now, where I'm recording this. Uh, did I say I, what, what time I'm recording this? It's uh, May 11th, 2019. So, okay, that's out there. there. That's when it's being recorded. So now that's officially time-stamped. Not time-stamped, but date-stamped. I'm not telling you what time I'm recording this at, but... Obviously not in the morning, because I'm drinking Dr. Pepper. Little thing about me, I can't stand the idea of drinking soft drinks before noon. I just, I... I like... I can do it, but I'm actually physically repulsed by it in my brain. Like it's just like, oh, you're 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 having a drink before noon o'clock. You're having a coke before noon. You're having a a sprite before noon. It's like that. It's just like I don't like it. And I I when I go around it, it does make me feel a little dirty, a little like oh I failed, I failed at holding up some part of me. But whatever, whatever. Um. That school was interesting. I went to uh, that school, uh, my first school, Belvedere Parkway, for about five years. I'm really six. Like, if you count ECS, which I don't know what they're fucking calling it anymore. <laughs> Again, I've been outside of the, of the school system for over 12 years. So, 
Life's a bitch that way, huh? Ain't it? <laughs> anyway, so uh, it was interesting. I, I met two of my best friends from elementary school all the way through the end of high school and actually after high school at, uh, at Bellevue Parkway. Um, one of my friends, Nick, and one of my friends, Tyler. We have not really... Nick and me haven't communicated in probably nearly 12 years. And Tyler, it's been more like eight Oh, we Facebooked recently, like three years ago. Um, when I moved here, he f- we like he sent me a message out of the blue, like, hey, how's it going? I was like, it's going well. How's it going for you? Oh, it's going well, sort of thing. Anyway, we used to hang out a lot. And I mean, like, almost every day after school, um, when we all went to... We all went to Belvedere Parkway. We all live within 10 minutes of each other, walking 10 minutes, not driving like walking 10 minutes and that was slow walking like oh we're gonna we're gonna shoot the breeze here fun thing is is that you know going back we we've swearing wasn't really a thing in our group and i i don't know if like the vulgarity has entered afterwards i know i became much more vulgar in my general talk language after grade seven i think it was because i was hitting depression in grade seven but we'll touch in that maybe in another episode but me, Nick, and Tyler, we did a lot of stuff together. Um, the house I lived on, we uh, had a forest backing onto Bonus Park, which for those who live in Calgary or have been to Calgary and been to Bonus Park, cool to talk about. For those who haven't, it's it's a nice park um, down by the river. And we had a forest that backed onto it, so we would go and play in the forest. We had a treehouse. Uh, one of our next-door neighbors had a trampoline that they were fine with us jumping on, and we did really fun stuff. We played capture... Uh, not capture the flag. We played... Um, Kick the can where the backyard all the way to the bus loop was considered uh, area you can play in. Like you go to, into my backyard, or you can go anywhere out in the open in public area. And the can was in the middle of the bus loop. And you had to run there and kick the can or else you'd be yet. Now, that would lead to, you know, we played most of that in grade f- four and five. Before then, it was like, you know, just playing on playgrounds, playing on swings, playing video games. Uh, N64 was a really big uh, game for us. Uh, we did play some Sega. Um, we did do. We watched a lot of movies and TV shows together. I mean, it was it was it was a fun time. And looking back on it, it it's sad that me and those two have separated. But you know, life happens, and we all go our separate ways. So for anyone younger than that who is dealing with the anxiety or the issue of, like, some of your best friends from your childhood are no longer, like, hanging around with you, um, you know, you can... It's not done. There's way more you can do. There's a lot of people, like, I, I honestly have less close friends now, and that just is something that happens when you grow up. You get less, less close friends. You meet a lot of acquaintances, a lot of people you talk to, um, but your close friends change and the reason they remain close friends change. But that doesn't mean it's bad. Um, you really, unfortunately, uh, careers take a lot of time out of you. Now, if you're lucky enough to find a, find a significant other and get married, like there's a... And you guys, the significant other, be a man, woman, whatever the heck your <laughs> you know, orientation is you hope that you have a really good life and that keeps going and you don't hope for divorce from the start. And a few of my friends have been lucky enough to get married and Hey, all the power to them. And you know, I haven't found that person yet, but granted I haven't even tried looking. 
So we would do that. Um, I met Nick in grade one, met Tyler around grade three. Um, so grade two was weird where I, I, I don't remember too much. Like, I don't think there was a lot of, Oh, I had a few friends. I had a, I had a friend from ECS named Bryce who we would hang out with. He lived, uh, just a street over and backed onto the hill, um, near Belvedere Parkway. And he had, uh, his parents had a tiered, um, backyard. So it was three tiers with, um, actually it was four tiers with three wood walls that separate them out, like retaining walls. And we would race down jumping those walls. And they're about, you know, seven feet walls. So that, you know, when you're young, that looks pretty big. It's not much today, but back then it was significant. And that was fun. We'd do that in birthday parties. We'd go out and we'd, uh, we'd play tag a lot of the time. Grounders was another really big game basketball in the front yard and stuff like that and we could like i don't know what happened with bonus or if it was just the side of bonus that i grew up on maybe it was always like you know they people joke about today in calgary as it being the ghetto and i don't know if that's even still standard that might be eight years out of date ten years out of date maybe that stance i just i remember having fun sure there were sketchy people around but aren't they aren't sketchy people around all over the place um you know, we we do stuff like, you know, have water fights in the front yard. <laughs> you know, it, it was it was a really fun time, and it makes you really um. How how do I just say this? It, it makes you really appreciate when you have summer breaks where you're not working when you're young enough to just spend wake up at seven a.m. and play with your buddies until nine p.m. at uh, during the summer. Or after school at three thirty, you can you guys after going from school from eight to three thirty can go and play video games and you know do do a round of Super Smash Bros. to um, some Goldeneye, do some Turok together, Mario Kart, um, uh, you know do stuff like that and, and have legitimate fun on it or work together to beat uh, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask, um, play even games on the Sega Genesis because. We had that. Um, play Tony Hawk and see how far you can go with it. Like it's just, it was a fun time looking back and and I mean we tried to make clubs. I mean I'll I'll be the first to admit now that I I was kind of dickish in my old days and those younger days. Uh, and by dickish I mean um, if you guys are playing video games, anyone who's listened to play video games, you probably know if we have if you have friends over to play a video game. If they've never played it before, you are inherently better. So you automatically, like, you just destroy them. And sometimes it's completely by choice. Like, I'm going to show them up about how good it is, how good I am at this. Or sometimes it's not. Um, One game I know that I wasn't that great on, but it was always really fun, was we would play uh, Battle Tanks and Battle Tanks 2 on the N64. And that was a really fun game. Um I think we we ha- I had Army Men Sarge's Heroes too, and we did play that a little bit. Um, I didn't have any racing games back then. I wasn't a big racing game guy when I was younger, and I I, I sort of grew into it. Star Wars games, um, I like a lot of multiplayer games, but I also liked a lot of like really good single player games. Diddy Kong Racing was, I guess Diddy Kong Racing was the exception. Like that was just a ridiculously fun single player game, really fun. And we would go and we would play these games and and have fun um like goldeneye was a big one uh slaps only was really 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 fun to do that uh boy have i aged in playing that game (laughs) 
Although I blame the fact that when I'm playing it now, I'm not playing with the controller. Um, so Nintendo made a specialized uh, two-handed uh, two version of their N64 controller instead of having three wings that you could grab on. It was really only two wings. And it was shaped more, I guess, um, how would I describe it? Um, it sort of was like the Sega Genesis controller with an analog stick put in on it. Um, how the buttons and the positions, stuff like that. It made a lot of sense. And it actually, when I was younger, for my smaller hands, it made more sense because you could reach the analog stick, the D-pad, um, left, right, Z, and... Um, and the C keys without moving your hand around, without manipulating, without trying to do something. So it actually made it really easy to sidestep and do various uh, fine adjustments. I wish I could buy those controllers now. Now they are ridiculously expensive. I saw one for sale at like 95 bucks. I wish I still had them. Sad story. When I got my... Uh, when we moved from my house in Bonas out to where my parents live now... The sad thing is my mom uh, in the garage sale the year prior to sold my N64 and all my games and stuff like that. Uh, looking back, um, that was not great. I did, like, I, I said, okay, sure. I, it was like a, I'm half asleep, you asked me a question, I admitted, okay. Looking back, I should have definitely put them away, put them in a different place, protected them, but what, whatever. And I think I talked about it in an earlier episode, just how the house I grew up in, it was this big log house, um, really, really nice house uh, that my parents built, and it had a huge living room. Now, the living room didn't have a ceiling. It went all the way up to the roof of the house, and the second floor had a ledge that ran the perimeter of the living room. So from one of the, so from the master bedroom where my parents were, and from the second bedroom, uh, which my brother and I traded off on. Like every four years, we would trade which bedroom. Would we have the one with the locked door or would we have the one with the open air to the um, to the living room? And it, it traded off. Like now the um, one going to the living room had a built-in desk. So for me, in like from grade three onward, that became... Like basically once my brother turned 10 years old, it sort of became... Um, he got the locked room. It was sort of just a thing of like, he, he's getting old. I think it was 10 or 11 years old. Like he gets the locked room. I, for the first five years I had that room. And then I moved to the front room and we've like, we wallpapered the wall uh, with fighter jets and clouds. And it was really like, think back today. How many people wa do use wallpaper anymore? Pretty much everyone just uses like uh, paints and nice soft paints. Um, my house is more industrial, but you know, it's sort of like nice, but not overpowering. If it's overpowering, all of a sudden it's like, well, if you buy that place, it's like, I have to repaint that. You want kind of not neutral, but like calm things to bring it in. Anyway, um, that room was really cool. I was really obsessed with dinosaurs, fighter jets. I had a model of an F-14 because of Top Gun. I watched Top Gun. I was a big fan of, um, having the original, uh, Star Wars movies on VHS, which my family still has, um, and, and various other things. It was just it was an interesting um, it was an interesting time. That room was really cool. cool the playroom we had, I had tons of micro machines. I wasn't I didn't get into Lego until I think just um, 
Lego became my thing just before we moved. Like I think I was about eleven or twelve when I got into Lego. I was into Micro Machines from from like three and a half years old when they made them to like they stopped making them for military stuff. I know they've kind of come back in some roles for Star Wars. Like Hasbro sort of brings them back. I'm, you know, I'm a fan of Hasbro, but I still kind of like a part of me just wishes I could stab like the company for that. Like bring back Micro Machines and let me get my T80 tank because I never got the T80 or the T72. I have the BMP too, but I don't have the fucking T72 or T80. I always wanted that Russian tank because of Command and Conquer Red Alert made me want that. And I'll say this. I was not a... My brother was the first one who had a PC in our house. He had a Windows 98. I had... My dad bought one. We had the original iMac, which I believe I brought up before, playing StarCraft on that and taking it to my parents' room because it, it only had one power cord and everything was built in so I could lift it up with the handle and carry it over to my parents' room to play StarCraft while watching TV, which was, you know, I didn't think that was a big thing. I thought that was really cool. And then when my brother moved out, when he turned uh, 18 and moved out, I got to go back to the um, to the locked room, and it had cable in it, and I got to get my hands on a TV. And when I had a TV, and I moved my games, most of my game systems in there and had a couch... And then eventually got a DVD player in there so I could watch um, Futurama, which around that time, that's when Futurama was coming out on DVD, about 2002, 2003. Um, yeah, 2003 is when I did it. Um, I remember because I broke my bed. I was bouncing balls, like bouncy balls, little rubber bouncy balls against the wall of my room. And I jumped and I landed on the side of my bed and I cracked, like I just cracked right through Um the left-hand side of my bed, which was really funny, and it meant that I was sleeping in a, a breaking down bed for about two months, and then it finally just snapped, um, no matter what. And then it's like, okay, I'm sleeping on the floor, and we're moving in nine months, so who gives a shit? Which was really fun that my couch actually was higher up on the ground than my mattress was for a good period of time, but I, I, I didn't care. I love that room. I still I still have fond memories of that house, and... Uh, I, you have fond memories of the house you grow up in because of so many awesome experiences you have there. Like, you know, playing in the woods, um, uh, using Tonka trucks and doing various stuff, uh, playing with toy guns and running around and shooting your buddies, uh, having laser, ch- like laser challenge toy guns that actually you had vests that would tell if you got hit or not. And how we had the assault rifles and one of my friends had the pistol versions and we would try to combine them together when we went over to his house just like stuff you stuff that you come up with that you didn't like today it's like wow we were actually kind of creative with what we were doing with back then we had no idea how creative or how stupid we were <laughs> today look at back it's actually like oh man i miss those days i miss those days of innocence uh in youth um and all that changed when in grade five i was having problems in high school oh not high school fuck it's the end of elementary school um i'm going to grade six and this fucking teacher, and I use that word like really angrily. I had a grade five teacher who like said really stupid things and didn't like me and didn't think I had a chance to succeed. So my mom, being smart enough as she is, is like, let's go and take a look at this. Turns out I have a learning disability and that's as far as I'm going to go. So I went to a, and bless my parents for having the financial capability to send me to um, Foothills Academy, which is one of the premier learning disability schools in the world. Now, that's where I went for grade six. 
And the beautiful thing about grade six is in grade six, you, uh, at least back in my day, you learn about um, Greece. Prior to going into grade six, my parents took uh, my brother and I on a summer vacation to Rome, Greece, ending in Ephesus and Turkey. Istanbul. We spent like two days in Istanbul. But we got to sail around the Greek islands. Amazing trip. And I had a nightmare on that trip because my brother and I watched the original um, Mummy with Brendan Fraser in it, and I had nightmares about that. So I spent about an hour one night in the ship's hallway begging to get into my parents' uh, room, freaked out. And you can laugh at that because looking back, I'm like, that's really, that, that is funny. Depressing but funny. Um, what else? Um, so there, there was that. But going back to Belvedere, um, Belvedere Parkway, the, my elementary school, there were, there were a lot of friends. I had a lot of friends. I, I had two friends whose name were, were Tyler. I had a, uh, an acquaintance who also had my name. Um, we knew uh, I had multiple friends who had the name Sean. Uh, Bryce was another interesting dude. Um, all the best to him. I don't know how, how he's doing. Um, another One of the sh- guys I knew in Sean, me and him were in the same grade three and grade four, and he was uh, brilliant at math. Um, Bryce was pretty good, and I was a little bit behind both of them, but still, like, there was another kid named Jason who I think his parent, his father was either an airline pilot or somebody connected to the airline industry, and he was a really smart and nice kid. Um, very generous, um, very friendly. Uh, grade three, Bugs, it was um, grade four, the uh, like, I think it was during my grade three that Bugs Life came out or maybe grade early grade four and in my school at that time from grade three to grade four and grade five grade six at Belvedere Parkway they were split classes so they would be grade one and grade twos together grade threes and grade fours together and grade fives and grade sixes and the goal would be um, sort of to introduce the grade threes and get them closer up to speed with grade fours now my, my grade three was grade three only now my grade three was grade three four split and they, they some classes were separated, so it's like social studies. You may as well teach the grade four social studies because who really cares about grade three social studies? I don't even remember what the hell I learned at grade four and three social studies. Um, but math uh, was different. Math was consist was um, different sides of it. Always having these effing duotangs and crap like that. Um, one funny thing about duotangs uh, is that I would always draw mountain ba- mountains with fortresses built inside of them with elevators and air strips and stuff like that. I blame Command and Conquer for that because when I when my my brother um, back in the old days, there was a store we could rent computer games from, and we rented Command and Conquer Red Alert and we played on my brother's computer. And then um, later on, I got myself. Uh, I didn't get myself. I bought. Um, Command and Conquer Tiberian Sun. And we installed it on a computer, and then eventually XP came out, and, da- and we moved on to that one. And then Command and Conquer Journals came out, and it's like, I can't play this because I, I had no idea what video cards were. So I had to, family friend who was building computers at the time, build us a computer so I could play Command and Conquer Journals. And that computer followed me to my. Um, to the parents' next house, and then I started. I've been using them ever since to build computers. Um, I'm the computer I'm going to build uh, soon. Uh, my replacement rig, um, which is sort of on hold, sort of not on hold, is going to be expensive, but it's going to be the first computer I built straight out. And at my age, that's kind of embarrassing for a gamer like myself. But 
you know, you make choices in life and you decide where you're going to spend your money, where you're not going to spend your money and where, or where you're going to spend your time. Is there convenience in paying somebody um, 20% of the entire job cost to get it done versus doing it yourself sort of stuff? And that's something I'm thinking about for this one. Do I have my buddy make my computer and upgrade it and build and I just order the parts for him and he can do it in like two days or do I do it and learn it when I have time? So there, there's that going on. And then, um, yeah. But yeah, back then we could rent PC games and then that's why I got into Command and Conquer and I'm like, I have to play the original. Now when Tiberian Sun came out, we had only rented uh, Command and Conquer Red Alert. We had no idea, but we didn't know about the original Command and Conquer and I had been consistently trying to order Command & Conquer and Red Alert after Tiberian Sunday came out, like trying to order it because I knew they existed. Eventually, they came out with the bat, like um, it was a collection. It was sort of like a battle chest um of Command & Conquer and Red Alert and all the expansion packs for both of them, um, Covert Officer Command & Conquer and Counter Strike and Aftermath for Red Alert. And I still have those collections of CDs, and they still work. Um, the annoying thing was is that they didn't work in XP. Um, I haven't used them since because then uh, after Command & Conquer Generals, they came out with the first decade DVD pack, which had uh, the entire series, and I've been using that, and now I can play them all. Um, credit to EA for putting them on or like um, creating um, the Command & Conquer Ultimate pack on Origin and it being downloadable and playable and how it's actually moddable like the old ones do. Um, and how, how they actually work and how, unlike the first decade where you had to get specific patches to make the cutscenes work in the original Command & Conquer, um, they just work on the unlimited. It's like it's already there. The patch is already built in. But a angry thing about EA is the fact that they have never brought back Westwood's um, final um, like first Sage game, um, which was uh, Emperor Balfour Dune. How there's never been a recovery of that or remaster of that, and I wish there was. Now, hopefully they'll get around to it, because I, I wonder if it also is to do the fact that they don't have the Dune copyright anymore, because I know that Westwood, uh, prior to being bought for EA, had Dune's copyright as well as had um, the Blade Runner copyright. And if anyone has the Blade Runner video game, that's awesome, because that will never be remastered because they don't have the source code anymore, at least as far as we know, when Lewis Castle left EA, he got asked about it, and he's like, I... We lost the source code in the move or in the purchase or prior to the purchase, it's gone. Which sucks because that game takes place uh, ten, like concurrently at the same time as the original Blade Runner movie. I'm dropping fact bombs all over the place for some freaking reason. <laughs> Just how my mind works. Um, so going back, um, childhood, playing games, uh, being with friends, uh, went paintballing. I think, yeah, in grade five, I went paintballing for the first time. Uh, which was interesting <laughs> and did not have a great experience of it, mostly because of the gun uh, I had. First, I'm going paintballing, going to a place that was okay. Uh, the rental fi the rental um, paintball gun definitely had malfunction issues, and so we bought, um, everybody bought 200 rounds of ammunition, so you had 100 rounds plus another 100. Um, my gun jammed and broke, and to get it working again, the attendant like fired 40 shots to get it working. It was like 10 minutes I was out of the game and he shot 40 shots and I'd only shot 10 part of that. That and um, I w had been wearing my glasses. At this point, I, I needed glasses and, and I'd been wearing them and I couldn't see and I got sprayed in the mask so I couldn't see on my glasses. I'm like, well, no, I can't 
see, and then my vision went to went to hell. I haven't played I played paintball one other time since I haven't gone back since. Now that I wear contact lenses, it's sort of less of an issue. But I don't know paintball just like yeah, as a simulated um, combat sport, it's a good sport. I just doesn't take it for me. But yeah, we do stuff like um, go out, uh, get <laughs> like uh, go into bouncy castles, um, run through the forest. Uh, there used to be a amazing amazing uh kids play place called bonkers here in calgary and for a few years that's uh me and my friends uh, all of our birthdays were pretty much at bonkers running around the tube mazes and stuff like that and doing crazy stuff and pretending we're commandos on a mission and you know the stuff right like little boys always do and like we're soldiers and blah 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 and Making up terms like not knowing what a general actually was. And they're like, oh, a general's in charge, but what's a lieutenant? Like, how not knowing how the ranking structure works, I do know now. And not being like, oh, sergeants are actually like actually pretty important. Thinking that they were joke is like, sergeant's lower than lieutenant, so and lieutenant's important. And so, sergeant mustn't like a general doesn't care what a sergeant says when it's like actually a general pretty much does care what a sergeant can say. At least good generals will listen to their company listen to the sergeants as well as the colonels, stuff like that. Uh, neither here nor there. Well, again, random fact bombs or random factoids. I, that, I don't know if that's even considered a factoid. That's just something I've observed in looking in military literature. I'm sure, the limited ones. Like, serge, like senior NCOs are ridiculously important to the commission staff. But, uh, you know, we did stuff like that. We would go to the park, uh, ride bikes around, go get slurpees. <laughs> Yeah, it was just fun stuff like that. And you know, kickball, baseball were all big things. Um, football, not so much. Soccer was really big at uh, Belvedere Parkway. And I think it was uh, it was just because everyone could play it equally to a degree. Like, even really good soccer players, it wasn't like you can still run around and get a pass and kick it somewhere. It, still, it wasn't like football where it's like pretty quickly you're going to know who the big, like, the good players are and your quarterback's only going to pass to that one. And half the time, nobody knew what was at the time. Nobody knew the rules of football and everyone was making up like how far it was. Like we'd have this tall kid, Micah, he'd be the yardstick and he'd have to do the, do the steps. Cause he had the longest, one of the longest strides of any of us. So then that would become yardage rules and <laughs> stuff like that. And going to toy story, <laughs> just, just fun things. Um, you know, there, there's, um, you, you miss those times. And one of the things I'd say, and I don't know if I said this in the past, but in one of the older episodes, I probably did. If I didn't bring it up, if I have, well, bring it up again. So that's it. Is that I remember for a few years, like two years in a row, being able to consistently play outside at my house from July to like through July and August to like 9 to 10 p.m. Not just because the sun was out, but because the freaking Woods Home place, like the, the, it wasn't like a juvenile kids place. It was like a kids who needed help, but they would go there. It's like, like these kids have behavioral issues and they need to be here. It's like, I wouldn't even say it's an orphanage. It's like, yeah, some of them are sent here because they're not violent enough to go to juvenile detention center, but they're not responsible enough to be left alone. Uh, I don't think it was wards of the state. I think it was a private charity, but these guys would pull the fire alarm like for two summers in a row every single freaking day. So at 10, between 9 and 10 p.m., sh- like every day for two summers, the fire alarm would be pulled and the fire trucks would roll in. And 
nothing's going to happen when fire trucks are around, especially there. Bust the guts in on fire a couple of times by kids throwing stupid stuff in the trash and lighting it on fire. And, you know, we would roller skate and skateboard around the area. And I, I, I should say rollerblade. I used to think I was hot shit rollerblading. <laughs> Boy, those really destroyed my ankles back in the day. And, you know, Tony Hawk was big back then for us. So it's like everybody was going to be like, oh, we're going to be great skateboarders and make fortunes. and <laughs> Not realizing how honest the hard work is and how a lot of that's just pure timing and getting the right people to listen to you and see you do stuff. Um, it, was, it was just an interesting interesting time period. A few of my friends moved away. One of my first Sean friends um, moved away about uh, when I was in grade 6. Moved to BC. And actually moved in grade 7. And I, I met him... Uh, I saw him again in grade nine. He came out right as we moved into our new place, like for a day and a half, and I've never seen him since. The only thing I do remember is I remember setting up his uh, email address <laughs> back when first time we're like, oh, we can set up email addresses. Oh, here's a here's a website. Um, what was it called? Um, you know, we learned that you can get free email addresses from Hotmail.com and 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 Yahoo and stuff like that. We did that and had MSN Messenger and. That was the nights where MSN Messenger typing coffee, alcohol, and, and just doing really funny, stupid, uh, like the emote signs that they had back then, little tiny cartoony things they had back then, way before emojis and all that. You know, it was like beer or coffee, and it was like, you know, like 400 coffees in a row, and then 10 beers in a row, and something stupid like that, and making fun of all sorts of stuff, and, and it was just a fun time, and playing a few flash games online that we knew about and being stupid kids it was it was a really fun time so that sort of explains my little bit of craziness and my obsession with video games and why that's continued um you know i did i did skip a, a day in high in uh, high school uh in 2006 to get the N nintendo wii with nick me and him <laughs> sat outside a best buy in negative like 20 degree weather to get that to get the Nintendo Wii, and that was a, like, there was nothing important going on school that day. I, I remember, actually, the day before telling my homeroom teacher, like, I'm not going to be here tomorrow because I am going to get a Nintendo Wii. And it was the second week it was out, so, of course, we were going to go get it. And I told you that one of my friends, Chris, his mother happened upon it the initial week by going to a Walmart and just them having it in stock and buying it before anyone else realized it. Like, just pure luck. Pure luck. Um... Loving my time with the game with the GameCube, um, specifically uh, Attack of the Star Wars: Attack of the Clones, which has great vehicle and multiplayer mechanics, as well as um, playing a ton and I, I mean a a I had a ton of um, Time Splitters too and Time Splitters Future Perfect. Uh, 007 Nightfire was another big one because it was it was gun games like you can get three friends over and play, play gun games. And I only ever had three wireless controllers. Um, unfortunately, one of the my original one uh, got damaged, won't work anymore. My second one does, so I had to buy two new ones from Mario Retro, which seemed to work fine. I wish the WaveBird would come back. I like, wish I could buy two authentic Nintendo WaveBirds, just like I wish I could buy two authentic Nintendo Wii U um, Pro controllers. But they, they run pretty good for what they do. Um just the fun things you pick up and you learn about life with, with friends like that and playing Command & Conquer and playing StarCraft and playing Warcraft for the first time. I played Warcraft at uh, 3 for the first time. <laughs> My brother brought back a pirated disc of it from Mexico. 
we could only play the first two campaigns because uh, you couldn't play the undead campaign. Um, I was able by using the cheat codes for the uh, choose a level to get to the second um, orc campaign and then play one to two levels like the maelstrom section and then it just didn't play so i'm like well i obviously have to go out and buy warcraft 3 and the frozen throne the uh, the expansion pack that just came out for it so um ironically credit to that uh pirated game that i bought it he also had a pirated version of sim city 4 which i went out and bought <laughs> so a proof that pirating a game actually made me buy a game no, I didn't pirate it. We bought it. He bought it like this three month long trip to Mexico from, you know, just random guys. And we're lucky viruses didn't F our computer. I was stupid back then. I did virus up my original um, PC once just by downloading absolutely everything. And, you know, you didn't, you didn't go, there wasn't trusted websites. It wasn't like ModDB or, you know, you didn't, you knew about GameSpy and you knew about, you knew about File Planet, but you didn't know, like, going onto this website, it would be like, oh, click on this, click on this, download this, um, now you get a book or whatever. Like, you didn't realize that, that you were probably downloading viruses and you didn't think, like, oh, there's such a thing as bad websites. You were naive. You were stupid. And then you broke a $1,000 computer and your hard drive got wiped and you had to reformat it and restart from scratch. And now you're and now you're like me, who's like I've got three backups at least of anything important. I've got two uh, external backups plus an internal backup of all that stuff. Um, and you learn that, and you're like, oh shit, stuff happens. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then um, going to foothills. Uh, I guess I'll talk about this from grade six all the way through grade twelve. I went to Foothills Academy. And I met some pretty good friends there. Um, a lot of them, I wouldn't say we had falling outs, but there's been various uh, issues. Some of us are still friends on Facebook, but we don't talk to each other. I haven't talked in years. Some we did talk to a little bit afterwards. Some have had things go on. I'm not going to name names or do anything like that or even bring up situations that have happened. But, you know, you, you drift apart. Like, you just happen to do it. But for the first um, year at Foothills Academy was really, really hard because as a kid, when you're moving and you're creating who you are, um, after being with the same people for five years and everyone knowing each other and able to read each other's body language and messages and knew how, who was having fun and when it was a joke and when it wasn't a joke and when it was okay to do that and like, oh, we're going to build a snow fort outside, do this. All of a sudden, you're you're with this whole new group of people who are... You know, they don't know how to read you and you don't know how to read them. And it's a it's a scary experience when you experience that. Especially when me and my friends, we uh, from Foodles, we were all f- like Ren and Stimpy sort of stuff. It was like, you know, farts are funny and stuff like that. And Foodles Academy, oh my goodness, making... <laughs> uh, here, here are here, like half your classes like, oh, if you make a fart, you're now the problem. It's like nobody thought that was funny. Everyone was like, oh, we're, we're, we're too uh, blah, blah, blah. Don't talk about this and don't do this. It's like, it's like we're a private school. It's like, you're a private school for learning disabled kids who, like, you know, we still want to have fun. And there were two kids, I remember, who were very, um, they were extremely intelligent kids, extremely intelligent um, in my class, in my grade six classroom. And I didn't like them at all because they, uh, for the first day, we had just terrible experiences. And it was always like, 
we're this, we're this, our family's better, we could do this, we get to do this, we're like this. It was all bragging about what they were. And I, I wasn't a, what did I have? I had the, I had an N64 because the GameCube was coming out next year. Year and it wasn't out yet. And, you know, my, my parents drove me in because there was no point in me getting on the bus. And, which was a benefit in my point of view. But it wasn't, it was just a, it was a weird um, dynamic. I had like three sort of friends in my grade six class. I had two f- actual friends and a third sort of like, he was sort of a friend. He didn't like, he really became more of a friend later on. And I think it's because I, I wouldn't say common adversarial events or common, common adversity, but I think it was just, we matured and we're like the reason we were stupid to each other was because we were just dumb kids. So credit to him. Like I've only seen him twice since graduating and he, and he's a nice guy and he seems he was doing well last time I came across him. So I, I'm not going to complain about life and complain about uh, how we, how stuff was going with him. Them and I won't hold a grudge for the past. Like if I met the two kids who, tried to ostracize me in grade uh, six and the people who tried to ostracize me in grade seven and grade nine. I mean, I'd be like, we're done. Like we have nothing in common besides when we went to the same school together. Um, if you want to be friends, sure. I'm, I'm willing to bury the hatchet, but you gotta, you gotta prove it. Uh, you gotta initiate it. I'm not going to work my way to be it sort of thing. And you do meet, you, you, you realize when, as I'm saying that, like how it seems kind of petty, but it's like, we did stuff to each other in the past that should be left in the past, but maybe there's a reason we aren't friends. Maybe, and we can probably can work beyond that, but it takes both of us doing it. It's not just one of us conceding. It's both of us saying like we both effed up. So for the people who have come back from that, uh, through my life, it's been kind of cool. I had one friend in grade three, grade four, who lived like right next door to um, Belvedere Parkway, like right north of it, like within a, a minute walk, who hung out with. I And you know what sucks? I can't remember his name. I just remember hanging out with him for a few, and then he, he moved away. And I know uh, I had a few friends. I had a friend of my very young age. I had a friend named Colin who knew him from like kindergarten sort of stuff, like not kindergarten, um, you know, like preschool, actually, like when I was three years old, like I knew him through there, and I I knew various kids going into Belvedere Parkway through um, preschool. Um, another kid named Gregory, who I don't know um, what happened to him, another guy uh, named Tyson, who was in our group, uh, Colin. Uh, I guess you say the closest thing to crush, first crush was this girl named Catherine. The who, you know, there were people down the street who took, um, not too far down the street from my house. Like she would go there for for when preschool was over and when my mom was busy. The person like we were friends with that family, so they would pick us up. And I don't know what our connection to that has become anymore. It's kind of really dropped off. Um, you run into these people every once in a while, and sometimes you don't run into them at all. But it was uh, it was just weird, weird. Um, yeah, it was fun. Like I remember um, at our preschool place that we were at, they were building this house uh, internally, just like as as an inside playhouse for this room that was going to be like an indoor outdoor sort of room. 
really nice place. Um, and it was, they had uh, these big planks of wood. And I mean like three, uh, three to five, three to four feet wide planks of wood on these big saw horses. And me and three of the other guys got up and I like something about us. Like, this is a funny story. I had heard um, uh, Surfing USA by the Beach Boys. Um, going to the city of, uh, driving to the town of Whitefish for our summer vacation. And uh, how do I, um, and I forgot it was surfing the USA and I thought it was surfing California. And, you know, we all jumped up and we were surfers now for like five minutes. Imagine three-year-olds and four-year-olds doing that. It was just priceless to see. It was actually really, really, really funny. And I think it was shortly after that, like first Power Rangers TV show was around that time period that I watched and obsessed with that. <laughs> and I, I forget how, I think it was through YTV in Canada, which was channel 20 on my old um, TV on on Shaw back in the old days, part of these high-tech uh, boxes and stuff like that. It was literally just get a piece of coax cable, run it from the from the telephone pole down, which was fine to do. Um, they did that, and I think on YTV they we had, I think Denver the Last Dinosaur was on that. It was either on that or it was on a lower TV station. Um, I can't even remember which one it would be, but I came fascinated with Denver the Last Dinosaur, and it took me years. I just remember, like in grade four, I had finally heard the theme song enough I could hum it out, and now it's like yeah, with YouTube I can look it up right away. But it was. In those in those days, and I'll, I'll credit Pete Holmes, the comedian who he was on Conan for the first. He he did a set a stand up act in the first season of Conan, coming back to TV on TBS. I'm um, talking about how Google is ruining our lives and giving us the answer way too quickly. It's like he does the joke of where is Tom Petty from? And in the old days, you didn't know, and you'd go around asking people, and they wouldn't know, and it would just eat inside you. And eventually, you'd come across somebody who would, and and that uh, and if, if that was a woman, that would be your wife, and your your wedding song would be Refugee. Now it's like, where is Tom Petty from? Pull up your phone, type it in, Florida. And Tom Petty's passed away, so that's <laughs> that's a dated joke. But that was sort of the thing of like, I didn't know, so you have to go search that out. It's the same with the lyrics for songs I liked. It's like, if it wasn't written in the CE pack, pamphlet that came with it, like the booklet that came with the CD, you're out of luck. You got to guess. Now for... Like older rock and roll songs, like the Beach Boys and like the Beatles, you can you can hear it pretty well when you're suddenly listening to punk rock, and you're like eleven, twelve years old, and or thirteen years old, and you think like this is awesome shit, and you're like in grade seven listening to punk rock, and you're like I have no effing idea what they're saying, and I want to learn. You try looking up the lyrics, and you're like if unless it's in the thing, which um first time I realized I did that was with um. My first Clash CD, um, London Calling, which my brother got me for a birthday or a gift. He, vast majority of my music selection um, up until about 24 was mostly stuff that my brother passed on to me. And damn right he did because it's still like some of the most amazing music. When I, I, He introduced me to the Ramones. I still go back and listen to it every once in a while. Like I still have the, like the vast majority of my favorite Ramones songs are on my playlist. I play all the time. So I still listen to them. He introduced me to Rancid. He introduced me to The Clash. He introduced me to Guided by Voices, which are still amazing. He introduced me to Wire. 
um, almost every major band, like I, because I didn't until um, about grade not eight. I didn't have friends who were like into music like me. I had one or two buddies, but it wasn't like, hey, let's pass CDs. And this was the day of the Walkman, so you either had a CD or you didn't. And it was about um, two thousand. Like, when did the first? When did the iPod Mini and Nano come out? Like, because I had the first iPod and Nano. Um, I'm just. I'm going to look this up. I what nano the original generation the original ipod nano when did that come out um two th- introduced 2005 so i remember the first ipod nano um which was really 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 fun um having like what was it one gig 512 or 512 or one gig or was it one gig and two gig and the mini had four gigs I forget the sizing structure. The mini was a little bit bigger and had like twice as much memory or twice as much storage space. So for me, like when I got that in grade, because I got them when they came out in 2005. So from 2003, like two um, to 2005, I was listening to CDs. Like in grade eight, I had the Sony, you know, the um sony made a uh a walkman disc player that was meant for sport and like it was meant to be rocking this big clamp over the front that was like really cool and i i would wear it on my right hand and be like oh i'm pretending it's because i played starcraft thinking like oh it's a protoss like i can launch discs with it pew, 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 pew. i forget there was a video game on the Sega genesis where you could throw cds or i'm fairly certain it was cds it looked like CDs as weapons. I can't remember what game that was. I've tried looking it up. I don't remember. It may have been like they may have actually been saw blades. It's just the graphics back then didn't didn't really be- benefit themselves to that. I honestly can't remember that game to save my life. Wish I knew it. Um. Anyway, so we had that. One of my friends, uh, Joel, had, had uh, the similar version, but he had the one with the AM/FM radio on it, which was cool, but really. Um, Calgary d- didn't have, like, back then, what did we have for radio stations? Um, that reminds me, I'm actually going to look up, does this radio station even still exist? Does... Is this even still here? Okay, so, okay, so it's Q107, used to be Power 107. Years ago. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, it was, uh, yeah, Wow. Oh, so okay. So, oh, so that was in two. Th- it was in nineteen ninety seven. Power uh, CQ one oh seven was Power one oh seven. Like that's really funny because you know it was CJ ninety two, um, Power one oh seven. Uh, eventually, like one oh three point something became an like I forget what it was like uh, Q was I think like the classic rock um, stuff, um, ninety five point nine light ninety six Kiss FM stuff like that. Um, CHFM, like that was, there were the radio stations around in Calgary besides some news stations. There wasn't a lot of choices. Now there's X, um, there's 5985, there's, um, which I know is, I think it's Virgin 985. You know, tons and tons and tons of uh, radio stations out here in Calgary. But back when I was a kid, there was not that many. I mean, you still had um, CJSW, um, 90.9, the, the, um, University radio station, which did have interesting stuff. My brother did a show on there at night with a friend of his uh, for a while. 
said, I, I, I've never listened to that. I, I used to, like, they were the ones that had the alternative until alternative stations came, and, and good for alternative music in various other ways, like, um, you know, X and, uh, you know, various other stations that have come on since to listen to music, but those were, um, those weren't really known throughout my group, like, like I knew in grade 11 and 12, that's when we started listening to the radio, because, you had a car, and you probably had a you probably had a huge collection of CDs back then, and or you had the iPod, and you didn't really have a way. Like nobody thought about three point five millimeter to three point five millimeter uh, cables that could connect into stereos for cars. Like they were sort of becoming a thing, but back then none of none of my friends like we all had the, those who had cars had junker cars. Like they didn't have the ability to tr- pull. Like we didn't have the money to pull out radios. And buy new radios from various uh, various radio stations. Um, other people did. Um, college people did. Older people did. My brother did because he had a job and stuff like that. Guys like us didn't. We just didn't have that kind of money. So it was like listen to CDs or listen to the radio. Because if you've only... if Because um, junker cars, you either had... If it was a used car, you probably didn't even have a CD player. You probably had a... Uh, you probably had a cassette player. You probably had a cassette tape player. And if you were lucky, you had like a portable CD player, like a you know, Walkman or something like that. Uh, Discman, actually. And you probably had the uh, 3.5 to cassette tape adapter. And that's probably all you had. <laughs> and I know that because my brother and I used that to listen to music driving down uh, with the family to to whitefish and that was how we were listening to music in my mom's jeep cherokee that only had a tape deck so <laughs> that was really really fun so you know there was that sort of stuff and that's that's when i sort of learned about radio when you start driving you li- listen to radio and now today you've got satellite radio if you decide to put it in your car you can buy the units you can use your phone to stream music if you got a good enough data plan. You can load your phone up. Like there's tons of dedicated systems. Like CDs have have completely disappeared practically, and di- and physical media is completely like is starting to die, which is actually terrible because now you're buying the license key to access it. You're not buying the media, which is why I still buy DVDs and Blu-rays because I still like to have a physical copy. There's, I own that. I own that DVD of Black Hawk Down. I own that DVD of Dunkirk. And I will, as long as there are drives being made to run it, I will be able to use use it. I'm not buying the rights to access it. I am guaranteeing that I own that that piece of property, and it will never be denied to me until the system breaks. And I think that um, the world needs to get back to that. Anyway, so grade six was an interesting year. Uh, Grade seven, yeah. Let's stop there. Let's let's not go into any farther. Let's let's do the first six years. There's that. Belvedere Parkway had some weird substitute teachers, like uh, this one substitute, Met- Metcalf, who had made up her own r- rules for every game that we played for gym uh, or uh, whatever class she was doing. Like in the end, it was always like, "Let's go outside and play games," because I, I, you know, I'm teaching you for two periods here, and I, I, you know, I'll teach you social studies in this period, and then the second period we're gonna go and play kickball or something. That's gonna be my rules. It's like, "What's your rules mean?" And it's like convoluted hell, and it's like. It's like, oh, no rules exist except for my rules. And you, you play it, and it's like, oh, well, that's a standard rule of the game. It's like, well, you said that that doesn't exist except for yours, and you didn't explicitly say that. Well, I'm saying it now. Well, that's great. 
which is why I don't like people who make up rules on the fly or say like, oh, you, you know, like if it's not explicitly defined, I, I will drop out of games, and that's happened a few times. <laughs> One reason I like video games is because it's pretty explicit rule sets. Like, so there are cheaters and there are hackers, stuff like that, but, you know, that's the thing. Versus real-life games where people, like, skirt the line or games that have badly defined rule sets or vaguely defined rule sets really do cause problems. I don't know. Um, anyway, there was a big thing about that, and I, I guess I could talk about that later. Uh, what was it? Uh, so, yeah, so the first six years of, of elementary school were pretty interesting. Um, first teacher really liked for grade one. For grade two, I was in the exact same classroom, dis- different teacher, because the first teacher, re- um, she retired and moved to Australia. I think she had, uh, I don't know if she was historically from there or if, I can't remember the exact circumstance, but she was a pretty nice person and went back to Australia. Uh, third and four, grade three and grade four were the same teacher uh, together. There, who, who I did not have a good experience with personally. But looking back and from various other people's perspectives on it, apparently she actually was really trying to help me and she knew that there was something up and she was a little more understanding of the learning disability thing versus the fucker in grade five who just didn't despise me. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll have a moment of shame in your life. Like There'll be moments you look back to that can still haunt your memory. Um. And one is that always comes back to me was this stupid art class where it's like, here, let's learn about perspective and draw how you think perspective. So I drew a road with a car on it and a tree in the front ground. And then I got pulled up in front of class like, what the F, like, what the heck is this crap? And that was just, that was it. Because apparently she was having an off day and she didn't like anybody and saying like, oh, we've been dicks to this and all that, like. She was really an asshole of a teacher, and apparently a lot of other people in the school, including the faculty, knew that. So uh, people who knew what class and what teacher I'm talking about, <laughs> well, you're you're privileged to know that, which means you're pretty much around my age because I don't think she was at Bellevue Parkway much longer. I think she retired like two or three years afterwards, uh, very quickly afterwards, which kind of sucks how many students may have been hurt by her um, because of her... This, she's the attitude that proves that teachers unions could be bad. There are teachers I've met who like the teachers union protects because it's for their good cause. She was one that the teachers union protect because of seniority. And she's like, absolutely shouldn't be teaching. Just her attitude and the way she treated people was just despicable. Nonetheless. And that That's my opinion about it. Not, uh, I can't really bring that to, uh, can't make that a legal standing point. I wish I could because, I really despised her for what that, and just after the end of that, and learning from my parents, like, other things, like parent-teacher interviews and stuff that ha- that she talked to my parents about when I was not there and various other things, like, you know, F that. Uh, I remember the two main two gym teachers. I know I had three gym, gym teachers throughout my time at Bellevue, but I remember, the, I remember two, number one and number three. I don't remember number two. Saved my life. Uh, really nice guys. Um, again, like there were some dickish moves that some of us played in grade four, grade five. This gym teacher put up with, and he actually put up with in a pretty respectable way. Like he's kind of like, he was kind of like, you know, 
you didn't hurt anybody and it wasn't really like it was no harm no foul sort of thing like what you did is kind of stupid but because nobody got hurt why am i gonna like send you down to the principal's office to write stupid stuff and in grade five i decided to become a school patrol um that's really not a thing anymore is it yeah let's have kids step out into traffic when considering the drive the capability of drivers has dropped because more distractions are there I mean, back then, cell phones were just becoming a thing. Like, they existed, but they weren't uh, they weren't cheap enough for the common person to get. Like, you know, you had to be a businessman to justify having a cell phone. It's like, my, my mom had so- a cell phone but in, like, 1998, but even then, it was like, that was a honking big frickin' cell phone. Or, I just, you know, it wasn't until mid-2000s that they started becoming accessible to other people. And by other people, I mean like people who weren't doing it for business. It became like it stopped becoming a luxury. It started becoming a a, a, um, a layperson's commodity. Like cell phones were a luxury good or a business good, and then after the two thousands, they started becoming a common good. Good, and I know like my brother got a ClearNet cell phone uh, for a hundred minutes a month for like fifty bucks or something. Like he had to pay fifty dollar. He had to buy fifty dollar cards for a hundred minutes. I don't think it was that expensive, but it was like, you know, no contract, but you had to prepay absolutely everything. And now we're on these contracts that, you know, I can technically talk forever on my cell phone for 70 bucks a month, but I have a one gig of data. Data is now the big selling point. And I'm, I'm amazed that in Canada, we can still charge $5 for caller ID or like $3 for caller ID. Why make that a charge? Just assume everybody wants it. I mean, granted, make it an opt-outable thing. I don't want to pay a caller ID. Don't make it an opt-in. Make an opt-out. Like, I want to say five bucks. Get me off caller ID. It's helped me paying for it because I've had a lot of bad calls. Call me. I was like, I'm not answering that. <laughs> so, you know, funny things. But being a school patrol and doing stuff like that, um, I was fun. Um, I guess just the, 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 the responsibility and, like, oh, the, the prestige. Like, school patrols in, in my school in Belvedere were, like, it was sort of like the cool thing to do. <laughs> Versus another group of students who also wore a safety vest, which were these students who uh, were the grade, grade sixes and some grade fives were like the um, safety patrol for the playground and for the uh, schoolyard. And it was like they would write up, <laughs> they were like, uh, you know, bylaw officers writing up little tickets to give you if you did something wrong. They couldn't tell you not to do it. They could tell you not to do it, um, but they couldn't stop you from doing it. It's like if you punch another kid and they saw you do it, they couldn't take you to detention or time. You, they couldn't take you to detention or to the principal's office. So the teacher would have to do it, but they could write up and saying like, this is something I experienced, pass it on to a supervisor. And the supervisor <laughs> would then be like, well, we need to talk to them about the event. Really fucking stupid, and I, I I think it still happens in schools. I I think they still use that. Which, looking back, it's like that is a definite way of forcing a so a um a an author authoritarian hierarchy of like these people can tell can tattle on you. You when it's like me and two of my buddies are going to go off to the southeast corner, uh, southwest corner of the yard. And we're going to have words. And there might be palms and fists being thrown because somebody's something bad about each other. But in five minutes, this is all going to be over. Like, nobody's going to break each other's nose. It's going to be like two or three hits. Everything's done. Move on. But if somebody's just like, oh, I'm going to write that. It's like, and then we all go and sit in the principal's office and be like, we're not telling anything. Well, somebody else saw it. Like, who cares? We're going to canvas all the students. It's like, 
who gives a crap? And then having police officers come to school. Like, I don't know if I told this, but in, in grade five um, and grade, in grade four, it was starting. But in grade five, like Tony Hawk really became a thing because that was uh, 2000. No, that was 1999, um, grade five. Um, but Tony Hawk was starting to become a thing and skateboarding was like the new thing to do. And they brought a constable in. This, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm saying this as respectfully to the Calgary Police Service as it is, because I know they've changed a lot since then, and some of it's been good, some of it's been bad. But they were like really hard, like on like skateboarding's illegal and you can't do this, and it's it's just like you know skateboarding's not a crime. Shirts were being written because it was sort of like this underground culture that a lot of older parents and older people didn't understand, like. Kids don't want to, like, damage property. They just want to have fun. They aren't thinking about the consequences of property damage and doing stupid stuff. And, heck, a lot of people today still don't even understand. Like, oh, there could be legitimate property damage from skateboarding. But it wasn't, like, done with malice. But, boy, did so many of the cities institute um, tell their police, like, to be hard on it. It's like... It's like the the officers like yeah skateboarding's like uh you know not not a civilly sanctioned activity here outside of designated skate parks and designated zones so if you're riding a skateboard down the sidewalk I'm gonna take it away from you and then she tells the story about how she took away um why these two kids like these two teenagers uh riding down this hill with skateboards like took it away and they're like skateboarding's not a crime he's like well actually it is according to how this city bylaws are written. And she was saying this was such like thing, and I remember like it was like the only people in this in this uh, it was stupid. We were in the large gym at Belvedere Parkway, and we were sitting there listening to this uh, constable talk about it. And the way she was talking about it, and the way she looked, and she had those um, pants that have the like extended out uh, flares along the legs, so they make them like look larger. They make them look like uh, the British Army's. Um, officer leggings or you know like something that you'd see uh in the old times i for, I have no idea what those terms were but basically they flare out like it's an extra flare out on the side to make them look big for some reason i, I know it's a british thing i i don't know if the french or germans or any other major military power ever used to. i know the u.s never did but it's like and she was like oh i'm you know holier than you sort of attitude like i know what's right and taking those boards away was right it's like that's a 70 dollar item you took from those people they're riding on a sidewalk. Were they harming anybody? And I just remember, like, one of the guys, uh, I think his name was Andrew. He was grade six. And he just said, what, what, did they do anything wrong? He's like, they were skateboarding on the sidewalk was the answer. And it's like, that's not, that's like, I remember so many of us, because only the grade fives, grade sixes, I think the grade fours were in that, that um, assembly. And it was just like, everyone was just, you know, I, I it was like our school resource officer was cool and wouldn't even bring that up or talk anything negative about that. It's like wouldn't say a damn thing about skateboarding. And they brought her her in, and it was just like, you are power tripping. And it was only in that case, like I don't know anything else about that officer, but that interaction, that that constable, really like, it was kind of like, wow, that's really dickish. That's really like all or nothing like don't skateboard if you do we're taking your boards away from you it's not like hey can we talk about this and i do remember um our i don't know if it was our principal or the city that really forced that thing on i i can't remember um 
our principal was uh, um, for Belvedere Parkway. I had two principals there. One was an old guy who retired at the end of grade um, grade one uh, when I was there, and then another one through grade from grade one and uh, through grade two to grade four, five actually. She was interesting. Um, I, I never had negative interactions with her, but I didn't have positive interaction. I was sort of like neutral, like I'm on my way, whatever. Um, I know I got sent to the office a few times in grade four because I was a dick uh, and I deserved it. It was like, we were, we thought we were going to go to this assembly and then it was like, no, we're going to sit in computer class and work on stuff. And yeah, when you're not having fun, being told to keep doing it really destroys you. And if you're just having a hard time, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Like if you're not improving and nobody's helping you, it's just torture. <laughs> and... I don't blame the teacher for that anymore. Looking back, I think she just wasn't equipped to deal with that situation. I think she, I don't think she was trained on computers as well as she needed to be to teach a class in computing, on like typing on computers that she was doing. And I don't blame her at all. I think it was like, you now have to do this. You were trained 10 years ago how to be a teacher and this is new technology that's come out in the last four years get on board or get out of the way. I don't know if that was true, but it it felt like that looking back. Like I was being a dick because I wasn't really playing the game, playing the game. And I don't think she was fully, uh, she was trained how to deal with that. And I don't think she was trained on like, if people are having problems this way, here's an op- opposing way to teach it. Here's not an opposing, but a, an alternate way to teach that. And I remember going to the office like, oh, I don't give an F about writing this freaking paragraph. Like, we're gonna go to the we're gonna go to the assembly in five minutes, and then the assembly happens. Like, no, we're all staying here because none of you are done. And I did act out on that. No, I didn't say I don't give an F because I don't. I don't. I didn't know what the F word was until I think grade uh, seven or eight. I I I I think it was grade eight. I learned what the F word was. I know I said it in grade two to a friend. As a joke, like I, uh, as it was, like I took the word suck and replaced the S with an F, and I had no idea what I said. And the only reason I know the F word was grade eight, because me and my friends read this crappy made for TV movie, uh, Operation Delta Force 5, that was just full of it. We had no idea what that word was, and all of a sudden, like the first 10 minutes is just, holy fucking shit! We're like, uh, I've heard the S word before, what the hell is F? That. And we watched it, and then dad, my dad came, I was like, I want to watch that too. And then he's like, oh. Because, you know, there was the assumption of, like, I guess, like, um, because it was a made-for-TV movie in the U.S., like TBS or whatever, whoever made it, it was, a, it was a film series that, it was a series made for, you know, a subscription channel or something that didn't have... Um, didn't have the censorship, or maybe if it did have the censorship, it had bleeps in it, and nobody, and I don't think my parents, and it didn't have the uh, rating in Canada. I don't think it was ever aired in Canada, actually. I don't think that's why, I think that's why I never had the Canadian, like, adult-only rating, or whatever, uh, 18A rating, or whatever the hell Canada uses. Because the U.S. uses PG-13, and then uh, restricted, and then there's adult-only, um, is it? Or, no, NC-17, uh, no, ch- uh, uh, no children 17, or uh, only 17 older, is like, um, ha- like an NC seventeen, like you can't take anybody under the age of seventeen to it. And I, I've never seen a movie with the rating NC seventeen. 
in as far as I know, in both my movie collection and in stuff, I have R restricted rated movies like Black Hawk Down and stuff like that because of gore and violence. But I I don't think I've ever seen an NC eighteen seventeen movie. Now I've seen uncensored movies that probably would have been that like Team America World Police and um the extended Black Hawk Down and stuff like that, where they do show more gruesome uh stuff. But is it really much more? Not really. Um, but I remember that and that was in grade eight, and it was like what? Oh, it was just really funny. That was just re- really, really, really funny. Like waking up to the world, like holy crap! And my parents waking up to that it was like, you know, Rogers Video was the rental store. Like Rogers, which is now a cell phone and. Um, I don't know if they have cable here. I think they have right, a cable. Um, but they have a cell phone network. I think they have a cable system. Uh, I know they own a portion of like the media companies in Canada. They're like one of the big media companies now. As a Shaw, Telus, and Bell. They all own like portions of the network, stuff like that. Um, but Rogers was like... First, they were a, a rent of like a rental company for movies and video games and and then you know they died out and then blockbuster died shortly after them blockbuster uh because of netflix like netflix killed them which kind of makes me mad because i would uh i pay 14 bucks like 12 or 13 bucks a month for netflix and i they have a limited selection as i pay the same thing for various other services um but let's go into that rant another day and let's go into grade seven onward another day too. <laughs> but it was just it was just like looking back, um, you know, racing the train at Bonus Park, riding our bikes around, uh, chasing geese for stupid reasons. It actually at this point of time in the year, if not June, uh, right now when the geese are having, uh, we're actually having uh, little uh, little babies, and just get chasing the geese and getting the hiss, hiss. The hiss of the geese like doing. It was just really stupid, really fun, and going to going down hills to sled and use the GT racers, which are a Canadian sled that with brakes and steering wheels. It's just fun times. Fun times to look back on. And it sort of explains a little bit about me. Uh the craziness. I don't think I really got into the detail detail. Um I guess I'll talk touch on um how me, Nick, and Tyler and Tyler's cousin Eric uh, we had this club, and I remember I was a real asshole about naming the club because I always wanted to have military names and everything. I was just obsessed with the military back then, and they didn't want to. And looking back, who really cares what the club was called? I don't really actually remember. I remember it was made. Uh, the clubhouse was a composite, um, like, uh, what was it? A particle board clubhouse in Tyler's yard that had no natural lights in it except for if the door was open so it was dark as heck in there and like we need a flashlight it's really really funny uh because tyler's house was about five and a half minutes walk from mine it was on the exact same road they didn't have really that much of a finished basement and when tyler uh got to about to be um grade seven uh him and his brother wanted to move downstairs because they were uh Uh, they weren't sharing a room, but Tyler had a very small bedroom and his brother had the one on the other side of the hallway and his parents had the master bedroom, um, which was next door to that. 
I think, or did Tyler and his brother share a bedroom? No, they had um they did have a finish downstairs for his for Tyler's brother's bedroom, but then they finished the basement even more. And this like when I say finish the basement, I mean they had to dig out rock from the found it like where the foundations were poured, they had to dig rock out to a certain extent and put cement flooring in, like bring uh, self-leveling cement in um, in kits and bags and pour that and then put like, uh, make sure the heating vent from the um, furnace was properly going to that. Uh, I mean, their dad was a handyman, so he was able to get the job done. It was not... um, it really was really funny because you go down Tyler's uh, staircase to their ma- to the basement where his brother and him were living. Uh, there was this like cellar room off to the side, then there was their two rooms, and then the rest of it was like dusty cement, poly, poly, and bare walls with maybe s- with studs up around them, and dirt. And it was like here's like a walkaway that's completely finished. Their two rooms, and I I I didn't go back. I'm I don't know what the, the place is like now. Um, since Tyler moved away like long time ago, that was in grade eight, nine. Because uh, that was grade eight, grade nine. Because those are the PSP era. Um, because those Nick and Tyler PSPs and I never did. I didn't buy a PlayStation until the place until uh when the PlayStation Two Slim came out. I bought my friend's original PlayStation One to play Resident Evil Four which is another story to go on to itself, which is um, one of my friends from grade seven onward, which I will bring up uh, next time I talk about this, which will either be next week or two weeks from now, depending on how I decide to do it. If there's enough news that happens, I'll talk about it next week. If the, I won't talk about it next week, I'll talk about the news next week. If there's jack shit has happened, maybe I'll bring it up. Although next weekend is leading into the Victoria Day weekend, so it might be worth just talking about crap like that. <laughs> so there, there is that. Um, which is really, really, really funny. Because um, I had the Game Boy Advance, and they did too, but I, I never got the PlayStation Portable. Which was an amazing system when you actually think about it. It's just sad that um, PlayStation made the PSP... The P- they made two versions of the PSP, and then they made the Vita. And I think they made it two versions of the Vita in total. And the Vita's, like, around. It's still a thing. But it's not. Uh, at the same time. It's kind of sad when you think about it. It's like really sad that um, handhelds really didn't go anywhere until Nintendo hit back. They did. They had their 3D. They had their DS. They had their 3DS, and now they've got the Switch, which is sort of a hybrid console. And you know, interesting things. Uh, 3DS. Uh, I've never had 3DS. I have multiple DSs. I have DS one. DS. I have two DSs in my collection now. Um, don't know why I'm bringing that up. Guess <laughs> I just am. Uh, so, so there was that, um, Tyler's house was cool cause it was, it was a, it was a historic house, like on that street. It was definitely an older style, like probably when bonus was its own town, uh, that would have been the house that was built there. Um, like they did a lot of stuff, like they changed the front entrance way to like have this really nice large deck. Um, Nick's house was right uh, to the southwest corner of Belvedere Parkway's main property, right across the intersection from that. So he, uh, it was a cool place to go and hang out, and he had N64. Uh, he also had the original NES and Super NES still in his collection, uh, which we did not have. My brother and I had got rid of our NES to get the... He had got rid of the NES to get the Sega Genesis, and then he got rid of Sega Genesis to buy... Um, 
uh, he sold the garage sale for the money and helped buy the N64, and then I got the GameCube for Christmas. So there's that. Um, uh, which GameCube will become important in... It, like, I've talked about it already, but it really became a big thing uh, for my friends from Foothills more often when we started hanging out. It was like the GameCube was the only thing we could play back then. Because uh, back then... and. Uh, most of the guys didn't play PC. Like, very few of us did. We Some of us played Flight Simulator. Some of us played StarCraft. Um, Nick and me played StarCraft. And, uh, we played, like, two or three maps online when I had the original Battle Chest of StarCraft in, like, 1999 or 2000. It was... Um, when I installed StarCraft on PC, I could play it with him because he had a PC and I had a window and I had a Macintosh until I was able to install it on PC a few years, uh, like a year or a half. Um, I think we played three or four games online together, not too many. Uh, you know, like compared to professionals and people who do it as a career, definitely not too many. But there, were, there, were, there were some really fun times, and I wish I could go back to some of them and do more of them. Um, I do have a lot of pictures. I have all my school yearbooks. Uh, my parents have all my old class, uh, not class, uh, classroom pictures. Um, the annoying thing about um, Bellevue Parkway is that my classroom pictures, there's no names. It's just like the class of blah, blah, blah. And I wish um, I wish we had written down the names of people in that class uh, because it could have, um, it would have kept my memory going. <laughs> I know I had a, <clears throat> I had a friend by the name of Kellen in ECS who moved to BC. Uh, I can't remember the kid's name from grade three, grade uh, from grade three who moved away in grade four, who we had a, like a really big repertoire, like, uh, rapport. I don't even know. I'm not, I'm using our word, like, rapport with, like, we really were fr- friends and, like, always played tag and kickball together. And, uh, you know, stuff like that. And that never really became a big thing. Um, I do remember, uh, being, wanting to be 007 for Halloween and having, like, getting a suit sort of look like 007. And putting glitter glue 007 on my uh, left lapel, for which was really, really funny. And then being told, because I had the, a toy gun that looked like the PP7, or the yeah, PP7 from GoldenEye, the P- Walther PPK in real life. I had a toy that looked exactly like that. And I'm like, I'm going to bring that to school. And I was told, absolutely not. And one kid did, uh, he brought a Nerf gun to school. Uh, that was the crossbow Nerf gun, and he somehow got it in and got to play with that. Me and my brother had tons of Nerf guns. We had the sharpshooter. We each had the sharpshooter. I had the sharpshooter, too. He had that um, the original Nerf gun that could shoot around corners that had a big mirror that would allow you to see around a corner. <laughs> Just, oh, man, back when Nerf guns were, like, the shit. Like, they were awesome back then. They're still cool today, but back then it was, like, you know, no electricity, no nothing. Um, they didn't, they sort of looked like real guns. It was sort of like they could get away being close to real guns, but they were different enough that you could get, you could definitely like shoot in the parking lot with friends and stuff like that. And man, and then they, they went to like, Oh, now they have magazines and, and, uh, and actual charging systems and battery powered units and like fully automatic weapons. And it's just, and belts. And they had a belt fed one back in, the day, um, the old day, it looked like the M134, and we knew somebody who had one, and we tried to get it. It was 190 bucks. I was like 1997. No, that was that was 1990. Uh, 
that was 1995, 1996. We knew those guys who had that. And that was a freaking awesome, like we wished we could get that. And that was like, granted, I could have never lifted it. Um, I remember the, like it was bigger than me because it was close to the real physical size as the M134 would be. It was powered by a crank. Um, I think they did it because I think Nerf was having a cross promotion with G.I. Joe and it looked like the uh, G.I. Joe chain gun that um, one of the G.I. Joe characters, I don't know which character was. I, I was not a G.I. Joe fan, had it. See, now I'm rambling about cool things. Like, Nerf guns were freaking awesome. Um, laser uh, laser, cha- uh, laser Challenge and uh, Laser Challenge Extreme were, was a thing in my day. We didn't play Laser Challenge Extreme because it was way too expensive. It was like $400 for those packs. The original Laser Challenge was like the pistol and the front plate only was like for two people was like 90 bucks. And the laser, like the rifle version that we had with the robot was like 120 bucks, and the robot was like $30, and we played with that. The robot was actually really cool. When you played it on tile or linoleum or, uh, you know, today you would play with it on a vinyl floor. Freaking thing would move around. Like, it was actually pretty intelligent. It's interesting. The robot back then, um, it understood when it, it, like, didn't have a sensor like the, the Roomba had, but it knew when it hit something and it would back up and go another way. I think it was just like I sex resistance on the thing. It was always meant to make turns and you would have to shoot the the back of it and it would shoot the front of you. It was really it was a really cool toy. It was a really interesting idea. Um Yeah, just fun stuff like that. Um Also, I had a bunch of mini bats from the Colorado Rockies. It was always fun to have. Like, mini bats were fun just to hit, like, whoosh balls and stuff like that with. Yeah. Um, and then there were cool tools. Cool tools. <laughs> Little, t- like, f- kid versions that couldn't do anything that looked like the real tools. Like, micro hammers, micro uh, micro screwdrivers. Uh, like, m- like they had, pow- had battery-powered ones that would make saw sounds and stuff like that. Like, it was just really cool stuff that... I granted, I, I don't look at the toy like I haven't been to Toys R Us in forever, and I know it's gone in the United States, and it might go eventually here in Canada. But like, man, I miss the toys from my young, my childhood. Just how funny they were, and how close they could get, and it wasn't like, you know, just just how how cool it was. Like ball peen hammer, regular uh, like regular uh, carpenter's hammer design. It was just. You know, fun days, fun things you learn and play with. And also, like, getting, like, the using the quarter machines and getting a uh, M16A1 uh, toy out of it. And oh, just, just fun stuff. There were a lot of toys that were around for maybe two to three year production years that I wish I had gotten my hands on. Um, but they're gone now, too. Um, just it's it's sad when stuff like that disappears, and you just the the interest to go back to it is gone. And I, I don't know why. I I think, um, I think the thing was is that there was nostalgia of the Cold War when I was a kid, as well as the success of Desert Storm, and war wasn't an all encompassing thing. And today, video games portray war and toys and stuff like that so much better than toys can get, and so many more people are playing video games. Like, yeah, when I was like five or six years old, we were playing the, it was either the SNES, the original Nintendo, um, 
or the Sega Genesis. Those are the three systems you had. And if you're lucky, uh, maybe you had a Sega Saturn and a, and maybe you need somebody with the, like later than the Sega Saturn, uh, maybe you knew, knew a guy who had the Panasonic 3DO, which was a thing, which was a thing. Um, maybe you knew somebody who had a, a Neo Geo graphics unit. Um, like there were some various, like there were a lot of weird systems that exist in the old days, uh, for video games, but they, you know, again, the graphics weren't that great. They were much more, um. I mean, not today, not to how realistic they can go and how also cartoony they can be by choice. Back then, it was 16-bit or, if you're lucky, 64-bit graphics, uh, you know, blocky, heavy polygons and or, uh, you know, we call them pixel art now. And back then, it was just like, we have literally 16-bit of data, so we have to make it work. And, you know, it was... We are happy with that, and you know you had Desert Strike, you had Urban Strike, you had Jungle, jungle Strike. Well, Desert Jungle, Urban Strike, in that order. That's you had um a couple of you had like some games. You always had like a cartoony niche part about them because you kind of had to have slight cartoonish. Now you had um, Arrow Fighters one and two um, that were uh, arcade games as well as you could get cartridge versions of it for various systems that were fun to play um and you know looking back at the original mortal Kombat's, boy were they like realistic and yet not realistic at all but how they were um videos of actual people doing those sort of actions and then painting over them to make more more stuff <laughs> uh street fighter which you know is still cartoony but it's sort of like it's entering that uncanny valley now whereas the old day was like really 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 cute how they did it not, I, cute would be a bad word it was just it, they knew where their cartoonish had to be um so yeah it, it, you can see like video games are more accessible today to the younger people and more uh p- parents are buying them because uh, there's benefits to that and it's easier to get your hands on that sort of stuff as well as computers are powerful enough today you buy a powerful like gaming computer for a couple hundred for like 700 bucks and your kids if they want to play Fortnite, like bam that's what they want to do and people watching YouTube, they can see all these experiences. It's the guys like, um, I don't want to say it's the guys like me or like the vanguard of the internet and video gaming because we're not. We just enjoy it. Like I enjoy video gaming the way I do. Like I plan to live stream or record me playing video games and stuff like that. But I'm not doing it to make money. I'm doing it because I think it's fun. Um, if I do do it, that's the reason I'm going to do it. I'm doing it because I think it's fun. Like playing Earth Defense Force and stuff like that. I wish, I honestly wish I could get uh nick and tyler back together i have no idea what nick's doing in his life and i have a slight idea what tyler's doing i know tyler's probably still around calgary nick is not he's in the wind get those two back together and play super smash bros melee play and play super smash bros on the n64 like go back to the old days of captain falcon and uh (laughs) and samus aran and and just doing stuff like that like that would be really really fun to do but, you know, there's this nostalgia factor where that's never going to, that's probably never going to happen. Um, and, you know, you get you get a group of friends over and you, you record all of them playing Bro Force together because that's now what you can do. I guess the question is, do you make it a career move or not? And I don't think that would be worth a career move to me because I, I, I don't think I have enough to bring to the table to make myself as interesting as a gamer as I want to be to make money 
Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I th- I've said this before. I think I've passed that point of life um, as success in that way. Now, maybe I haven't. Maybe because of the new streaming platforms that are coming out and various other subscription models and new systems like that, maybe, maybe there is a new way to do it. Maybe I could go and get involved and do various stuff. Um, but I... I don't think that's me anymore. <laughs> I, I guess I'm not ambitious enough in that behavior to actually go and make that alive. Like the guys who have done it, I'm more inspired by. Who have successfully done it, who I liked. And, you know, tastes change and everything like that happens. And you grow up and you grow old and you have different priorities in life. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's it. that reminds me. I was going to actually look at my GameCube collection to make sure I have a couple of the games. Um, one thing to do is my brother and I have been th- playing through the original Shenmue on uh, Shenmue on Dreamcast, as well as I've been playing through it on PC at the same time, uh, with the mods that make it look way nicer on PC. And that is a, uh, it is a considerable improvement to a degree. Um, it's not a remaster of the game; it's a re-release of it, and I, that's one of the things where I wish there was a remaster of it. Um, but. You know, who knows? Who knows what happens? Uh, anyway, I think, uh, you know, I think that should be good enough. Uh, I talked for a good period of time here, longer than I actually thought this was going to go. And to be honest, I glossed over stuff. I could go back and talk about very specific stories um, for, added, like, for a long time here. And maybe I will, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll bring back... Um, should I touch on grade seven and beyond? Maybe I should go back and talk about specific things I remember from grade one through. Who knows? Uh, I'll see when I want to record my next episode what I want to talk about. <laughs> and I think that this might be the way to do it is more have a general vibe. If I want to do a new slash political opinion one, maybe talk about that. May, may, maybe make that decision like that's going to be the episode today. It's going to be these things I want to talk about. Maybe I should have three episode formats I do a month. Maybe I should have four episode formats I do a month. Maybe I should have two episode formats I do a month. It's crazy. We're in the second season and I'm still figuring this out. This is like the, se- the seventh episode of season two. So I did 18 episodes of the first season. I'm seven episodes into season two. I'm five months into the mo- into the year. This is May 11th. <laughs> you know, I, I need to... I, my goal was to do three episodes a month, which would come up to 36 episodes. I need to do 29 more episodes in six months. So that's not likely going to happen. I can get 18, more than 18 done, though. Um, I guess, like, again, it becomes a thing of various other career choices happen and stuff like that. I can reminisce about that all I want. I just know that... Um, I was working around. Uh, oh yeah, I, I will bring this up. I've so I was running this. Um, um playing with, uh, what was it called? Um, OpenShot, which is a f- free to use video editing platform, and it's pretty good. Um, I did find it not as intuitive on how to cut and properly sync timing up as well as uh, I want it to be because I recorded uh, the non-release version of the last episode on uh, using video recording as well. So I had to sync the video and the audio up. And then I remember a friend had told me about DaVinci Resolve, which is made by uh, Blackmagic Design. So there's a free version you can download, and then there's the paid version for 405 Canadian, 405 Canadian dollars you can buy the paid version. 
which doesn't sound like that really bad of an idea. Like it's, that sounds like a pretty good deal in, in, in long run. Um, especially since how powerful it is. So I decided to play around with the free one and, um, there are improvements to the, to open shot that I noticed right away. It was more, um, easier to get in on. Now, because open shot is open source, that means that there could be plugins created that I would have to buy um, DaVinci Resolve's um, us, I, you know, their their studio version versus using their free version. But we'll see. I mean, apparently, the I did not see any license issue about DaVinci Resolve's non-paid version not being used. I think they just want to sell the paid version to professionals who then want to use it um, and get the hardware uh, attributed to it, or at least macro it and stuff like that. So I'll continue playing around with that. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a fun thing. So uh, let's see. Plans. Uh, so for next Saturday, will I be able to make an episode? Oh, yes, I should be able to make an episode. So I will make an episode next Saturday. Um this has been stories from the crisper drawer uh, the shark in the orange i i don't know why i named it that way i the shark is me the orange i don't know who the frick the orange is or maybe it's just because the orange is sour or maybe i'm reminiscing about the past or something thing in citrusy i i just wanted to have like maybe maybe it's just to have a fruit name in there because it sounds like it'd be in the crisper drawer anyway yeah uh thanks for uh tuning in and listening um Hope hope that you tune in again to the next one. Oh, and before I go, um, I haven't checked the email. Uh, I know we got new emails for the last two episodes. I will put the email back in the description again. But it is... Um, let me make sure I have this right. It is... Uh, it is uh, sftcd at jarsconsortium.com is the email address to send the emails to. Uh, if you want to ask questions about stories from the CRISPR tour or do something like that, and I'll start looking into that, doing a weekly thing, and I'll pass the uh, login information to somebody who could be the co-host, so that way he could also look into it and maybe uh, maybe even post some questions on the website. Like, I know that I haven't done any work on JawsConsortium.com in a while, but my plan is to. Um, again, it always becomes time. Like, If I make this more of an effort... Um, to become much more of a job hobby versus a hobby that's kind of for fun. Fun, but I still do it for fun, but I have more dedication to it, then we'll have to do that. Like, I still need more microphones. I, I need another, I probably need another video camera. Um, I need video capture cards. I need video syncing equipment to do that, uh, to really go hand, hand on. And I really want to get that done before my birthday in August. So that's my goal is to get that done. And you know, do a cool video of, you know, I'm, I'm turning blah, blah, blah in August and release that video and maybe do like a micro podcast and like, or maybe do like a podcast during the hangouts and stuff like that. I'm going to see that. I'm going to pass the idea around. Uh, anyway, again, thanks for listening in and uh, hope you tune in again next time. This is Jazz signing off. <laughs>